0: Heavenly Father, I humble myself before you. In and of myself, I know I have nothing good to say, but through the power and the workings of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak to me. Lord, only you were able to, through clay vessels to speak. Through them, because you even said in your word, it's through the foolishness of preaching that the gospel is expanded. And so, Lord, I recognize that that without you, I can do nothing, but with you, we can do all things through Christ. And so, I ask, Lord, that you tear down walls here today. That mindsets that are contrary to your uh, will will come crashing down. Only you can do that, Holy Spirit. Only you can do that. And so, I ask, Lord, where there's mis construed information and there's not clarity, Lord, you bring clarity today and Lord, that you would soften hearts, that we wouldn't have hard hearts, that we'd have ears to hear as the scripture says, that we'd be open and sensitive to what you desire us to do. In Jesus name we pray and all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. How many want to hear a joke before we start? All right, bring it on. Well, I heard about this elderly man. He had a serious hearing problem for years and years and he could hardly hear anything. And so one day he went to the doctor and he was fitted with a new type of hearing aid where he could hear 100%. His hearing came back. A month later, he went back for a checkup. and The doctor said, man, your family must be really happy. Your hearing is perfect. He said, no, I haven't told my family. I just sit around and listen to the conversations and I've changed my will three times. (laughs) Be careful what you say. Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 28, and it is the message of the Great Commission, Jesus' last words. We've been talking about this this second week in our series. I subtitled this, Called and Able, Called and Able. Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. I'm not going to read them all, but I'll just pick up on uh, where the scripture says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and <clears throat> I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances, on every occasion, even to the end of age. How many know God is still with us? Amen. Says so two thousand years ago that was pending, and the Lord is still with us. Now here's the thing: for the believer, for the Christian, our lives are not our own. I said this last week. And as Christians, we can, we can get off track. We can really get off track in our walk with God. And we start thinking in terms of, 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 of us and me, myself, and I instead of him. He is the sovereign Lord. Can I get an amen? And, you know, we can erroneously conclude that it's my life. I mean, there's an 80s rock song called that. It's my life. Some of you, it's not your life. <laughs> you leave one master and you gain a new master and it's Jesus. Amen. So, so we talk about the, the, the new creation realities here in church. We talk about the blessings. We talk about, but we also need to talk about that Jesus is Lord in our life. Thank you for those three amens. Amen. Amen. And so we can get erroneously we'll conclude that it's our life and it's our freedom. It's it's our my pleasure, my free time, my my, my hey, it's my money. And my money, I'm gonna spend it how I want to. And little do we know that God giving you the strength to get up every day to go make that money. Amen. To so people that doesn't, you know, God forbid, you know, some difficulty and some a tragedy or something. God forbid that you, you can't get up, you can't go do those things. It's, it's him and his, his grace that gives us the ability to do these things. Can you say amen? And so, so, you know, instead of just embracing and sharing in the sufferings of Christ, I know that's not a popular word and that's not a great message title. Nobody wants to listen to that. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, I grew up under the teaching of the... In the 1980s, the Word of Faith movement. There was a lot of great truths to it. There was uh, uh, some things that I learned and uh, some wonderful things, with a lot of error. And they had no theology for suffering. Come on, everything was, you know, what we resist all, all pain, all suffering, all. You know, we they listen. We're supposed to resist the devil, but Jesus said, "In this life, you will suffer persecution." Yes. Amen. There are difficulties. There are hardships. There are things we go through. There are tragedies that we, you know, we just shake our head and go, "I don't get this." But we step up to the plate as the church of the living God and we minister life in those situations. Can you say Amen? And so, what happens is we start to get into this safety nest, and I have a message on that. Uh, hopefully, I'll share that in the series. But what's in it for me, or Jesus? What can you do for me? That is not the gospel. I said, that is not the gospel. Amen. The message of the gospel is, Lord, I'm so thankful you saved me. I'm so thankful you delivered me. I'm so thankful, God, with gratitude that you washed me and forgave me of my sins. And so now, Lord, my posture is, what do you want me to do with my life? Amen, Pastor Mike. That was good. That was, that was really good, Pastor Mike. <laughs> See, the Bible says we are called first to seek first his kingdom. Can we say that? Can we just say seek first"? seek first? Not seek first your retirement. Not, amen. Not not seek first. You got to get this new home built. Not fee- seek first the new boat. Not not seek first. You know the new addition or not seek. Come on, can I, should I keep going? Come on, not seek first my security nest or not seek first my man cave. Come on or you know my my woman cave or whatever woman nest and seek first the kingdom not seek first you know your job your profession and you know are you saying pastor mike these things don't matter not at all not at all they matter greatly it's priority yeah. where is our priority and if our priority is not seeking first the kingdom which jesus said this he said this his righteous, and then it says everything i just listed all of these things will be given to you as well I really, My wife and I, we've experienced all of these things. We really have. We were super blessed when we were singing that song about the goodness of God. How many can attest to God is good? But I have been through some gut-wrenching, painful situations where I didn't think I'd wake up the next day or didn't even want to get out of bed and go, I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can. All right, I'm just going to put one foot and just, just walk because I, I, I don't think I can make it. How many with me? Amen. But I love how this translation says, it. It says this. But more than anything else, put God's work first. Do what he wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. It's priorities. It's priorities. And I just think about that. Put God's work first. Put his work first. Here's the thing. I said this last week. God is not going to honor a me-centered life. Kind of that my house, my future, my, my, what is all in it for me, my security. All right? I can't rely on anyone else. I got to trust, you know, my, my security, you know, my finances, my resources. I got, you know, got my retirement, my. How many with me say amen. amen? I said this, that a me-centered life is, is crushed when you go overseas, Or you even go into some of the inner cities in our nation and the poverty and even in some of the places here here in Alexandria, it's like, it's crushed, it's crushed. And when you begin to see the pain, the suffering, the poverty, and then you just think of, okay, you know what, I have this where I'm gonna retire off of this, I could help a 1,000 families overseas. I'm just trying to get a perspective here, amen? How blessed we are in America, you are super abundantly blessed. If you've got a car, get in, and it has heat and air conditioning, you are blessed. Most of those cars that we travel, they don't, they don't have AC. Or you know what? They, 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 they're just kind of jalopies. They, they patch stuff together. I remember all the mission trips I've taken to uh, Russia and Ukraine. How many times we ran out of gas? Why? Because they, they won't fill the tank. You know, you go in and you go, ah, oh, just fill it. No, because they only have a little bit of money. so a little bit in it. And then next thing you know, we're pushing a car, me and the missionary, because they didn't fill the tank. And we're like, here, we told you we have money. Fill the tank. Well, we don't want the gas to be stolen because someone come by and siphon it out. And that happens. And so we are blessed. We are blessed in this nation. Can you say amen? See the problem lies in the fact that we forget that our lives are not our own. We forget that we were bought with the price. You know, here's the thing. God owes you nothing. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? He owes me nothing. He owes you nothing. We owe him. I didn't think this would go over really good, but that's all right. I'm going to preach it anyways because it's truth. God, see, we got to get that mindset. He owes, somehow we walk. He owes me. All right, well, I've come, I, I came to church twice this month, and he owes me. He owes you nothing. We owe him everything. Amen. Just said that with a smile. Jeremiah ten twenty three, powerful verse. I know, Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It's not for man to direct his steps. Wow. The gospel is never about what I want, what I can do. The gospel message is all about what Jesus did for me, how I in turn all my very life to his amazing sacrifice. Can you say amen? Paul said this, and this rung in my life from Bible school when I heard this verse, it just jumped out. I am a debtor. That is in the forefront of my mind. I wake up, whatever I do, no matter what, if I even work on something that has nothing to do with spirituality, this house project, I'm over my head, I still have this mindset, I'm a debtor. Jesus saved me, and my life is for his service. Can I get an amen? For I have a great sense of obligation. Can we say that together? Say this. A great sense of obligation. Of obligation. Do you, what is your great sense of obligation? Well, just trying to, you know, up there in years, pastor, just trying to, you know, just kind of want to, just want to build that nest and chill, make it safe. Just just trying to take care of me, you know. <laughs> a great sense of obligation. To who? To people in both the civilized world. Here we go, got it, USA, America, kind of. Kind of. Get a lot of uncivilized and that's going on. And the rest of the world, missions in America. Amen. The rest of the world to the educated and uneducated alike. How many of you know that covers everybody? What is your great sense of obligation? Well, it, you know, I'm really focusing on this, you know, project. You know, I'm really, um, you know, my next move, and I'm gonna go to college and do all those things, are fine. But what is the great... Do you have this plumb line in your life? Amen? Lord, what do you want in the job that I do? So now before you get overwhelmed and just think, Oh, where's Pastor going with this? This feel like I'm going to be berated today? You know, I got some good news here. I'm going to share the Great Commission. Let me just say this. The Great Commission is not the great recommendation. It's not the great suggestion. Amen? It's not the great option or even the great theory. It's not even a great choice. It is a command from Jesus, to, and it is, his, it is a directive command. It's his instruction, and it's a charge to all believers. Most of you here today, maybe all of you are believers. It is a charge to you and I. The scripture says, go in the Greek, and I shared this last week a little bit, that it's an imperative verb, and I use the illustration. Uh, if, I, if I were to say what an imperative verb is, uh, verb, if I were to say, you know, take out the trash, sweep the floor up, Pick up the tools, organize the shelves, or if I said clean the garage, that's an imperative verb. All of those things I said encompass one command. That's in the word go. Somebody shall go. go. So when that word go, it, it encompasses all. All right? Now let me just temper that here in a moment. For some of you just think, oh God, he's putting putting the burden on us. I know he's gonna tell me to go to Botswana and I don't wanna. No. <laughs> and I'm going to have a mosquito net over me and them culprits and them, no. It's a command from Jesus to all believers to go. What does that mean? It's like run, fight, eat. <clears throat> That's the meaning of Jesus' word to us, to us all when he talks about it. You say, well, well, pastor, how can I fulfill the Great Commission when I can't physically go on a missions trip? Well, let me just address that right now. You see these flags here? Most of these nations, well, all of these nations here, I have either been to, we've had someone in this church go to, we have supported, continuous support, or if we had someone that was saved, like Iraq and Afghanistan. We had a couple soldiers that were that were saved here, we ministered to them, and 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 and, and that was a representation uh, back in early two thousand, uh, mid two thousand. We've been to Japan a few times, and Russia and Ukraine and Sri Lanka numerous times, and and so so all all of those, you know, these, how many know that missions is on my heart okay because it's on the heart of jesus (laughs) amen it isn't just me myself and i my little bubble god wants us to expand the bubble okay amen expand that bubble and so here's the thing you don't need to go anywhere else on planet earth to fulfill the great commission (sighs) wow thank you pastor (laughs) You don't. The street where you live, the town you live in, the workplace, your sphere of influence are the places where you are to go. Amen? Amen. Did you, I want you to get that. This is all gravy. You have the opportunity. A mission trip will change your life, hands down, for good or for bad. <laughs> I've been on some rough ones, you know, like, wow, that really changed my life. Not going to do that again, but people still need to hear the Lord. Amen? But, but so that's gravy. But... All of us are to go in the sphere God has put us. Amen? But a mission trip will greatly influence your life and it'll give you a a, a different perspective that you've never had before. Some of you are so conservative and fearful, intimidated, you won't step out and break out of that bubble. Oh, you know, what would happen? What would happen if the plane goes down? You (laughs) die. Amen? And some of you are afraid to fly so you won't go. How's that going to play out? Next, Jesus brings you up. And uh, Gabriel, who is this? This is brother so-and-so. I was scared, Lord, about getting in that plane. I could have died and he's standing there with holes in his hand and the side and his feet and okay that's a good one that's a good that's a good excuse that's gonna really carry amen aren't you really glad you came to church this morning amen so I'm thinking, oh my god when does this end <clears throat> see here's the thing you're on a mission with Jesus who is with you and we are to do what he has commanded us to do so here's the thing so if you say well pastor I can't go you know and, and, and so, so you know what here's let me just say this your surrounding is your Jerusalem, where you go, the places that you get up, the places that you visit, the people that you meet with, the people that you work with, and even that you hang out with, that is your Jerusalem. And when I mean by that, that is the place, of sphere, where God has placed you to minister to people that I will never will. I will never be able to minister to those people unless you invite them and bring them to the church and they get ministered to here most of the time. It's just going to be between you and them and the Lord. So, so uh, just a little background. Many Christians believe that, it, you know, it was the job of missionaries. You've got to be a missionary to go do this. And then the church kind of grew out of that and said, you know what? All believers. We actually believe Jesus is saying that all believers are to go and and then, and. and and we are to make disciples. And so in today's world, how does that work? You said, well, Pastor, I can't, I can't go to the nations like Jesus instructed. I can't preach the gospel. I'm not a missionary. I'm not an evangelist. I mean, I have to work full time. i got to pay my bills. I only got two weeks vacation a year. I have little children to care for. I can't afford the air for to travel to the ends of the earth. And da, 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 da. Incidentally, Harvest pays 25% of all members' mission trips right off the top of the bat. Why do we do that? So we can encourage people to participate to make a decision to want to go, amen? But here's the big question here, and I don't know how far I get here, but just be done in a few minutes. How do we reconcile what we've been called to do, but what we're able to do at that time? The first thing I wanna say is this, and this is, I think, it's really huge. It's really huge. That's why you need to attend Joy's meeting on Friday. You need to be a part of it, if this speaks to you. It's the fear of man. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. It's a snare. But the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. The biggest thing Satan wants you to do is keep your mouth closed. Just keep your mouth closed. Don't say anything. You enjoy what Jesus has done to you. Because how many remember the time in your life where you were impacted by God? God did something great. When you were saved. How many remember when you were saved? Most of you. Others don't know. This is kind of... Yes, you got to remember when you were saved that God impacted your life. Amen? he impacted your life. The Bible says the fear of man is the snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. I can guarantee somebody had to speak to you. Someone had to open their mouth. Someone had to say something, whether it's you listened to something, you saw something on TV, or somebody physically invited you somewhere, or someone just kind of took you under and shared with you. Somewhere along the line, somebody opened their mouth and they spoke to you. Can I get an amen? Other translations say this it is dangerous to be concerned what others think of you. Right there, that's huge in Minnesota. Because we are Minnesota nice. Amen? And we were so concerned what everyone else thinks about us. And some of us, we're so driven by that cultural norm because the, the law of and I won't get into it, I talked on it years ago, and there's this unspoken law that says like a nail sticking up out of a board and all the other nails are pounded out. If you stick up, you're a target. You're not like everybody else. So we're going to pound you down. You need to not let the world or the culture pound you down. Someone needs to stand up for Christ. Amen. You know, uh, I have this teaching. I'll eventually get to it. But, you know, when the mother eaglet, when it's time for the babies to get out, you know what the first thing she does? She stirs up the nest. She takes her claws. And why? Because those little eaglets don't know they have claws and tallions or wings. They don't know nothing. And what's the first thing she does? She starts stirring up the nest. She takes out all the soft bedding. She takes out all the, you know, the, the loose stuff, the way the chicklets could just be really warm. She breaks it up, and so all the branches are sticking up. And these little babies are going, ow, mommy, mommy, ow, ow, ow. My nest is so uncomfortable, mommy. But she knows what she's doing. Why? She's preparing them for flight. She's preparing them for what they were born to do. Amen. Someday, Lord, we'll get into that. See, it is dangerous to be concerned what others think of you. But if you trust in the Lord, you are safe. Don't fall into the trap of being a coward. Now, let me just say this. People think of me and they just think, wow, he's so bold and he's so courageous. You know what? I have the same fears as anyone else. Same fears. The question is, is I'm gonna let that fear paralyze me or I'm gonna break out and say No. No. I'm not going to let this fear paralyze me. See, sharing your face and being a witness of where you're at, it's like walking on thin ice. The ice is there, and it's a certain amount of thickness. It can hold you, depending on how much you weigh. But you know what? Every time, you got to walk out on that thin ice, let it break, fall through, and just embrace it. That's what you do. That's what you do. But the devil wants to just bind you and put fear in your life, the fear of man. You know, in Acts chapter 4, I'll just touch on this briefly when the New Testament believers were, found out what the priest wanted to do with them, they threatened them violently. And they said, if you speak on this name of Jesus, we're gonna, we're gonna have your necks, basically. And Acts 4, it says this. They, after they heard that, the threatening of the community, the threatening of the religious organization, this is what they did. They went back and they said, now, Lord, look upon their threats. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. You know what? That was a real deal fear situation. You know, in 2011, some of you guys are here. that were part of it. I think it was 10 or 11, we were in a, we a Mexico mission strip and we got in a crossfire between drug cartels for the city. And we were in a shootout. Literally, a couple people were killed. We made the front page of the Echo at that time. Bullet holes, we took pictures. And we were just the crazy gringos kind of walking in. We heard gunshots. and said, Oh, maybe it was kind of a shootout at the OK Corral, you know? They're <laughs> welcoming us. And we walked into a hornet's nest. And for 45 minutes, we were pinned down in a little shop, a vet clinic or whatever it was. And, you know, the last thing, you always want to have a way of escape. We go in the back of this place and the window is this big. None of us are making it out. We're not making it out. Gunfire was going on. Actually, Justin Godfrey videoed the shooting and he has that still for, for 30, 45 minutes. And then I crawled out there and some of those guys and just to, to get out of that. And there was this couple people killed. How, we were shaken from that. okay. Like for two months. The first thing I felt, I felt anger after that. I was like, I was really angry. And, and we talked to some counselors and it kind of helped us with that. But, you know, we got through that. But we were out on a mission trip. And that was a real close call. I've been to Russia and Ukraine numerous times. Uh, 13 times in 12 years taking trips. And, and our last trip was in 2007 and, and helping with a drug rehab. But we've been held at knife point. You know, with the Russian mafia, they say, listen, if you don't pay us, we're going to cut your throats. I mean, just things like that. We want your supplies. you got to pay us. Use the fee. You know what? While you're sleeping, we'll kill you. I mean, just constant harassment. Those are real deal fear situations. You say, well, that's not for me, Pastor Mike. I'm not saying it is for you. But are you a witness where you're at? Okay. For me, yes, I'm called to that for, for some crazy reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but, but it's just part part of the passion calling my wife and I for that. But I've been terrified standing up for my faith, sharing it, like just actually shaking in my boots. I remember a time back in 1990, uh, we had a Mardi Gras trip. And maybe I shared this, uh, probably Marie, for those you who already know it, forgive me. But I remember uh, standing out there on Bourbon Street there, and we've been there 20-something, 25 times taking teams to New Orleans during the Mardi Gras. Before Fat Tuesday, tens and thousands of people drunk out of their minds and spewing and puking and just cursing at you and then praying for people to receive Jesus. This last trip, prayed for a girl from Sweden. She was born again right there on the street, Bourbon Street. She was, she was saved. Powerful. Well, I remember this, this trip a this number of years ago, and I was standing out, and I can remember it was in the morning. It was just after we had a time of worship, and then we went out as teams, hundreds of us going out on the street. And I, I remember just standing with the sign, put the placard, and a guy comes by really quickly, and he just goes right up to my ear, and he goes, if you're here tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. And then he walked away. So after that night, you know, I don't even think what's on my mind. Because we're going out and usually I go to the same spot. And so, you know, where well, everyone's eating breakfast in the morning. Hey, I was like, oh man, we are had a great time. I was thinking, it's great. I'm going to die today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, but there was something inside me that said, you know, I'm not going to allow this fear. I was terrified. We got in the van. We drive down there. I was like, where am I going to go? I just said, you know what? My life is in your hands. I went, planted that sign in the same exact spot right there where that guy said not to go. I showed up, but he didn't. I'm still here today. Amen? So that's how you have to deal with the fear of man. And some of you have been crippled your whole life by the fear of man. Crippled. And God wants you to break free, and we're going to pray for that. Pray for them. Here's what they did. This is what the church did. I think I'm just going to end with this. Next week, Lord willing, we'll get into reconciling. We'll be called to do what we're able to do, but overcoming the fear of man. Stand with me, if you would, please. Maybe we can have the worship team come forward. Just feel this is just a point we need to. This is what they did. The Bible said they asked for boldness. Some people think that bold people are bold and timid people are timid. No, God will give you boldness. Did you hear that? God will give you boldness if you ask. How many are asking for boldness? Some of you didn't even know. I didn't even know you could, Pastor. I just thought maybe, you know, it's just something that just gets deposited. And then if I'm fearful, then maybe, well, it's just something wrong with me. Everybody is fearful. Everyone. Jesus, when he went to the cross, the Bible said that in the garden, he was shedding sweat and tears, that blood was mixed with it because of the agony. And he even says this prayer. Lord, Lord, If you will take this cup away, but not my will, but yours. He even considered the cross like, I know it's ahead. I am terrified of it, but your will, not my will, be done. Our life is not our own. It's God's. They ask for boldness in the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you can ask for boldness in the Holy Spirit? And the second thing is, is, they ask for the power in the name of Jesus. Every believer is clothed with the power of the name of Jesus to deal with situations supernaturally, to deal with situations <clears throat> in the spirit realm. And then it says they pray to God. How many know that you can pray? The problem is, most Christians don't pray, they don't pray. Because they don't really feel... Because they're so safe in their nest. Going back to the nest. They have everything. They have all the money. They have... You know, when you appeal to a lot of people today, especially in America, you appeal like, you need Jesus your life. He'll get you out of debt. A lot of people, they're they're out of debt. They have millions of dollars in savings. And they're good to go. The best health plan? I don't need God. That's the mindset today. But here's the thing. A life without Christ is an unfulfilled life. Unfulfilled life. You can have all of these things. people are constantly you see it in Hollywood. you see it in with stars today. Their lives are empty. they go in closets, they hang themselves, they have millions of dollars, millions of dollars and they take their life because a life without Jesus is a hollow life it 's a life without purpose it 's a life without a legacy it 's a life that 's going nowhere. Every head bowed, please. They ask for boldness we 're going to ask for boldness today in the Holy Spirit, in the power, in the name of Jesus. And we're going to be a church that prays. And I want to encourage you Saturday mornings to come out to prayer. Come out to prayer. We need some guys to come out to prayer. I thank God for the ladies. I thank God for the ladies that just hold and shore up so much in this church. But we need some men to come out. Say, so, well, I'm real busy. You know what? It's a Saturday morning. It's 9 o'clock. How busy from 9 to 10? How busy can we be? He said, Pastor, you're really laying it thick. You better believe it. We're entering through a season of suddenly. And we're, God is going to make our church, I really believe, really visible in this community. It's just a matter of time. And I felt the Lord say, be patient, be steady. But in God's timing, he's going to do what he wants to do. But we need to be ready as a church. So when that new couple comes in and that new young man or woman, are you going to have something in your spirit, man or woman, to be able to minister life to them? Are you going to be able to be that person to minister life? I believe that's where God's bringing us. And I actually believe our church is the most healthiest it's ever been right now. I believe that. I 100%, and I'm not the only one saying that. You talk to some of the other leaders here. They say that. And it wasn't like that. There was many, many years my wife and I were driving this thing with a handful of people. And, and you know, you ask for volunteers and no one show up. And it's not like that now. Oh, No. The body is ministering to each other. This is the most healthiest our church has been, which tells me God's ready to do something. He's ready to do something. And he wants to use you. He wants to flow through you, but we need to break off this fear of man. With every head bowed, you say, Pastor, that's me. I've been stricken by the fear of man. Nobody looking around, He say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I'm going to pray for you. Let me see your hand. You just put it up. Say, Pastor, I want to be free. Hands going up everywhere in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. I see that. I see that. I see those hands in the back. I see those hands in the front. Thank you. Thank you. The fear of man is being broken in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let Let's pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just break off this spirit of fear. The Bible says you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and soundness of mind. We will not be bound by a spirit of fear, but we will be bound by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will direct our life. The Holy Spirit will control our life. I come against fear right now in Jesus' name. And I just thank you, Lord. As the Bible says, the curse causeless shall not stand. it be like water on the back of a duck. There's nothing the enemy can do, Father, as we trust you with our lives, Father God. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And I just break that fear, man, of the, those associates that you, you bump shoulders with every day. Those people you talk with, and they may be obstinate, and, and they may be mocking even those of your faith, and you're scared to step out of the boat. You have that cow. I break a coward spirit right off of you. I break that in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray right now, even because of this message, as strong as it is, Lord God, that Lord, your people will step out this week. I pray for divine appointments. Divine appointments, Lord. Bring people, even this week, across your path and then you're going to know you're going to remember this moment right now and you're going to go oh my God oh my God I can be quiet or I'm going to open my mouth and you're going to open your mouth and so much freedom is going to come to you so much freedom will come to you you're going to be like on cloud nine you're going to be like oh my God I got to tell somebody I got to tell somebody for what the Lord has done because people are dying and they're going to hell and we need to open our mouth and God said he'll fill it Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-759. 1400 at Church for the Harvest, you belong.